Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. For at least two decades, at least, the issue of identity has been at the forefront of our culture, whether it's conversations, protests, laws, court cases. Although this issue has been focused on particular areas of identity, namely sexuality and sex, the question and the desire for an answer is nothing new. In fact, the question of identity is one that everyone faces, everyone wrestles with, everyone must come to some sort of terms with in life. It's a question that's been asked over and over and over again, down through the ages. Who am I? What is the core of my identity? How do I define the center of myself? What makes me, me? Who am I meant to be? Now, how you answer these questions informs how you live your life. How you answer these questions guides the choices you make, the decisions that you come to, the goals that you arrive at, and how you relate to those around you. To answer the question, to really answer the question, who am I? You have to search beyond your feelings. You have to dig deeper than your emotions because they change and pass like the hours of the day. You need to go back to where you came from, back to your origins, and come to terms with your beginning, the good, the bad, the ugly, the joys, the sorrows, the the wounds, the scars, all of which affect where you are now, all of which affect who you are now. But the truth is, you've got to dig even deeper to really answer the question, who am I? To arrive at the truth, you've got to go beyond your own history. You have to go outside of your own life. You've got to go further back. You have to go back to the origin of life, where we all came from the beginning. And you find the beginning in the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. Because that's what the word Genesis means, origin, source, beginning. It is the Greek translation of the very first word of the book, the Hebrew word bereshit, in the beginning. Now, ultimately, the question, who am I? Who am I meant to be is bound up in the one who was in the beginning, the origin, the source, the genesis, God. And that is what the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis is about. That's what the entire book is about, God. And in him, you will find the answer. In him, you will find the truth, the truth of who you are, the truth of who you are meant to be. Genesis 1.1, in 
the beginning, God. So before creation, before time, before history, there was God, only God, nothing else, no one else. So how do we know? If there was only God, then there were no eyewitnesses. There was no reporter. There was no one to take notes. There was no one to document it. So how do we know? How can we know? God revealed it. God spoke it, told it to his people who eventually recorded it, who eventually wrote it down. So before creation, before time, before history, there was God, only God. For God is eternal without beginning, without end. He is always, forever. From everlasting to everlasting, he is infinite, limitless, almighty, all-knowing, all-wise, holy, absolute, sufficient, free. This one eternal God who revealed the beginning has also revealed himself as triune, He is one God, one in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and each is God. Each is 100% God, and 100% of God is in each. They are distinct, separate, different, yet they're one. One God, one substance. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It pleased the eternal, everlasting, triune God to create, to create all things, to create the heavens and the earth, to create everything in them, to create everything that you see and everything that you can't see, everything visible, everything invisible, to create stars, planets, sun, moon, clouds, Rain, seas, oceans, rivers, trees, rocks, bushes, birds, squirrels, armadillos, ants, cells, atoms, quarks. God created it all. He didn't need to. God was not lonely. He was not unfulfilled. Nor did he have to. He was under no compulsion. God desired to create and he created out of nothing. Which means there was no pre-created substance, no pre-existing matter that God used to fashion the cosmos. There was nothing, only God, who created out of nothing. Now, in other creation stories of the ancient Near East, and there are a number, the gods always create out of something, some material, some matter that's already present. In the Enuma Elisha creation story from ancient Babylon, the heavens and the earth are created by a god with the dead body of another god that he splits in half. One half become the heavens, one half becomes the earth. Well, the one true God creates out of nothing. Listen to verse two again. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. God created the earth. 
our planet, our home. But at this point, it's nothing like we see it. It's nothing like we know it. It's nothing like we experience it. The earth was without form and void. In other words, empty. A deep, expansive emptiness. A wilderness of nothing. A desert abyss without order, without structure, a vast chaos covered by darkness and water. But above the deep, above the empty, above the chaos, this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The breath, the the, the wind, the Spirit of God was there. The Holy Spirit was present in light, in beauty, in love, fluttering fluttering like a bird over a nest or, or like a potter whose, whose hands are hovering above his wheel, above a lump of clay, preparing to form, preparing to create, to fashion a work of art, a work of beauty. God prepared his creation. So how do these two verses that come at the beginning of the book of beginnings help you to answer the question, who am I? Who am I meant to be? You are gods. You are gods. If if God created all things out of nothing, he created you. He created the means by which you are. You come from his hands. You are knitted by him in your mother's womb. And it also means this. In the beginning, God knew you, thought of you, loved you. In the beginning, God knew every bit of his creation, the future of his creation, including you. God already knew the day that you would be born. He already knew every single day of your life, every hour of your life, every minute of your life. God already knew the God already knew your struggles, your pain, your sorrow. God already knew the blessings that you've been given, the joy that you have. God knew. So who are you? You are God's. Your beginning, your end, and everything that happens in your life is upheld by your creator, your father. You are in his hands. Whether you know it or not, whether you realize it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, it's true. And it's you. And and as his, as God's, you are meant to live for him. His desire is for you to live for him. For you came from him, and to him you shall return. You will stand before him. But we are so prone to forget this truth. We're we're so prone to put it out of our minds, to to forget our beginning, to forget our end, to, to put it to the side and to be filled with other thoughts, other ideas, other notions, which are usually not true. 
such as, I am my own. I stand on my own. I answer only to me. I go my own way. And so you wander. You wander from the truth. You wander from God. And you enter the wilderness. You enter the darkness. You enter the chaos. You enter the void, which is really the state of your heart. Because outside of God, wandering from God, going your own way, you sin. And because of sin, without God, your heart is chaos. Your heart is a a churning storm of darkness within. It's a, a void. It's an emptiness. Now, most of the time, you may not notice it. But maybe, just maybe, in those quiet moments, when you're alone, you just might sense it. Notice it. Start to feel it. But before it gets too strong, you check Instagram or turn on Netflix. Have another drink. Find some sort of distraction. Now, you may reject the truth of who you are. You may forget the truth of who you are, that you are God's. You may wander. But the one who created you does not forget. He does not forget you. He knows where you are. He knows the state of your heart. And that's, that, that is not where he wants you to stay which is exactly why he became like you, which is exactly why he took on flesh, which is exactly why he entered creation. And he did so. He did so to seek you out in the wilderness, to shine light into the darkness, to to pull you out of the void, to lift you out of the chaos. In Jesus Christ. That was his plan. That was his will before time, before the beginning. Jesus, the Son. And our New Testament reading from the book of Ephesians shows what he has accomplished, shows what he has accomplished for you. Listen to verse 7 again. Paul writes, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Through through Jesus, through faith in him, you are redeemed no longer under the power of sin. He gave his life to free you from it. In Jesus, you are forgiven. Your, your, Your sins are washed from you like grime. This is God's love for you. It's grace. It's a, it's, it's a gift. This is, the, this, this is the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon you in Jesus. Which, in turn, means this. 
It means you can turn from your wandering. In Jesus, you can turn from the wilderness. You can turn from the darkness. You can return to your creator. You can return to your father. You can return to the one to whom you belong, the one who loves you and who welcomes you with open arms. It means he sends upon you his spirit, the same spirit hovering over the deep in the beginning to hover over the deep of your heart, the void of your heart, the chaos in your heart, to apply the redemption, to apply the forgiveness given by Jesus, to recreate you, to make you new, to make you how God meant you to be. Just like a potter at the clay. Because you are his. You're his, created by the Father, redeemed by the blood of the Son, renewed by the Spirit within your heart. And this is the one into whose name you're baptized. The one eternal God who created all things out of nothing and whose plan for creation was Christ. Listen to verse 9 and 10 again from our Ephesians reading. Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Paul says that all things will be summed up in Christ. In other words, all of creation will be gathered under him, will be gathered under his headship, under his lordship. In fact, Paul says that's the purpose of history. That is where time is marching. That is the destination. That is the goal. Jesus Christ. And that was God's plan. God's plan in the beginning. A mystery now revealed. And as God's redeemed through Jesus, lavished by his grace, that's where you will be. Under Christ, united to Christ, your Savior, free for all eternity. He is your beginning, He is your end. In him, you find the truth of who you are and who you are meant to be. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 